0: The main go-to dishes in our house are those durable corral dishes that have been around for ages. Now, the ones that we have don't have a flower pattern on the edge, but you know what? They're still sturdy and they get used all the time. Maybe if you don't have them, your parents or your grandparents do or someone else you know. Maybe you inherited a set from a family member. At any rate, I like them because they're easy to wash. You can put them in the dishwasher, the fridge, and the microwave, and they're shatter-resistant, which is a big deal when you have little kids. At one point, I thought that they were shatter-proof. Not so much. I remember one day accidentally knocking one on the floor in our kitchen. Just a small one, one that's used as a dessert or appetizer plate, or in my case, a toast plate. And that small plate exploded into a thousand pieces on my floor. I don't even know if there was a piece bigger than a dime in that mess. Seriously, just poof, plate dust all over my kitchen floor. Now I'm one who likes to fix things. We had a ceramic Christmas tree that broke this year as we were putting our decorations away. And instead of throwing it away, like most people probably would have, I spent a good hour gluing it back together. At one point, I had to break it more in order to make all the pieces fit. Now that seems kind of counterintuitive, right? Anyway, with that Christmas tree, I more or less fixed it, kind of. This plate though, there was no fixing this plate. It was just done. It was destined for the garbage. I may be able to fix some things reasonably well, but a magician to make plate dust into a plate, I am not. What do you do when you feel like your life is shattered, broken beyond repair? Sure, there are some things that we can fix, There are some things though that just can't be, not by us at least. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, "'Come, go to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words.' So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. The vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, as seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as this potter has done, says the Lord? Just like the clay in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand, O house of Israel. At one moment I may declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it. But if that nation concerning which I've spoken turns from its evil, I will change my mind about the disaster that I intend to bring on it. And at another moment, I may declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will build and plant it. But if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will change my mind about the good that I intended to do to it. Now, therefore, say to the people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, thus says the Lord, look, I am a potter shaping evil against you and devising a plan against you. Turn now away from your evil way and amend your ways and your doings. In our focus text for today, the prophet Jeremiah brings us to a potter's shed. Now for context, Jeremiah was a prophet during the final years of the kingdom of Judah, during the fall of Jerusalem and the beginning of the exile of the Israelites into Babylon. So Jeremiah has seen the people of Israel turning away from God and turning to idolatry. In this text, God sends Jeremiah to a potter's house This is a place where pottery is made. Pottery during that time was used for everyday life. You had jars and bowls and storage containers. And those pieces were all shaped from a lump of clay by the hands of the potter into these beautiful and useful objects. Each item made by hand was unique, each one shaped by that potter. And if the potter was unhappy with how the object turned out, it would be reshaped and made again. And God said to Jeremiah, Can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as this potter has done? Just like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Gosh, wouldn't it be nice if we could just reshape our lives when they don't turn out the way we wish? If we could just hit the redo button and start over. Unfortunately, life doesn't really work that way. We can't just erase the past. We can't take away what's happened and what was. All of us experience brokenness in our lives. We may not be happy with how something turned out, how we turned out. And we think, wouldn't it be easier to just start over How can we heal when things are so broken and not the way that we want them to be? I think about that corral plate made of glass that shattered into thousands of pieces into plate dust and there was nothing I could do to save it. What about when our lives turn out like that? How can we possibly heal when we feel like we're just a bunch of plate dust How do we heal from the broken? The thing is, we can't. Not by ourselves. We can't, especially if we are just sitting in the dust, being unwilling or unable to move past it. If we leave the scattered and shattered pieces all over, we're going to step on them. We're going to embed them in our feet. They're going to cause us to bleed over and over again. They're going to hurt us every time that we take a step. Healing those broken parts of our lives, it comes from moving forward, acknowledging the brokenness and walking through the brokenness and the pain, figuring out how to sweep up those broken pieces. You know, maybe they can be glued back together and maybe they can't. Maybe the pieces need to be completely reformed like the potter does with the clay. Again, though, this is not something that we can do on our own. When the broken cannot be fixed, what do you do? How do you allow yourself to mourn, to grieve, to honor that broken part, whatever that broken part is? Maybe it's the loss of a spouse or a sibling or a friend, or child. Maybe it's having to start over in a new job, in a new place. Maybe it's the brokenness of your body, fighting an illness or a disease. Whatever that broken part is, how do we honor it when we can't fix it? How does making space for that grief allow you to begin to heal. Really allowing that space and that time to grieve the broken is just as important as trying to fix whatever was broken in the first place. I get asked sometimes how I could believe in a God who allows terrible things to happen to others, who causes terrible things to happen to people. And maybe you've been asked that too. Maybe you've wondered it yourself. How could God let people experience brokenness like we do? And it's a fair question. But ultimately, we're given free will. We get to choose what we do, what we believe, how we live our lives. We get to choose whether or not we believe that God gives us these things. We get to choose to listen to what God is calling us to do. Or, you know, we can also choose to ignore God and just do our own thing and hope that it works out in the end. Even when we listen to what God is calling us to do, it by no means guarantees a life of ease and wealth nice, but that's not how it works. Life is just complicated. We all live. We all die. We all experience brokenness. But in the midst of all of that, God is still with us. God is present in our lives. God loves us. God welcomes us. And I am a firm believer of how God works through the brokenness that we experience to show us God's love and mercy and grace. God works through all of us to reshape us when we're broken, when we need to be reformed. Now looking at the Israelites who were scattered to the winds, exiled, their homes and their temple destroyed, they were able to come back to Jerusalem decades later and they rebuilt, they started anew. It was not the same as it was before, but there was no less beauty in what they rebuilt. We've mentioned before the Japanese art of kintsugi, which is mending broken pottery with gold to create something even more beautiful. Each moment in your life when you've experienced brokenness, it's shaped you, it's changed you. It hurts to be broken, and you know what? Healing hurts too. But there's beauty that comes from the ashes. There's beauty that comes from healing. There's beauty in each handmade piece of pottery, of art, with all its small imperfections. And there's beauty in each one of us, in our stories, in how God has worked in us and shaped us we may not be able to fix everything that's broken in our lives, even if we want to, and even if we try our hardest. Because honestly, some things that are broken cannot be fixed by us. Some things that are broken can only be fixed by God. And that fixing may not necessarily take on the form that we would want or even expect. Sometimes the broken simply needs to be reformed and remade. And this is the promise that God gives us. That out of dust, out of the ashes, we are raised to new life in Christ. This is the good news. This is the gospel message. Thanks be to God for that. Amen. During the next few days, I encourage you to go deeper into the message with these two reflection questions. First, think of a time when you have felt shattered. How did you rebuild from the brokenness? And two. What happens when you can't fix something that's broken? How do you allow yourself to mourn, to grieve and to honor that broken part? How does making space for that grief allow you to begin to heal?